By the way, I apologize that my sound quality is not the best. I'm in the middle of my commute. So oh, are you? Oh, my goodness. I apologize. Um, yeah, I, I, I spend half my life in a car, so I'm used to it. You're, so you're actually driving. Well, first off, keep your eye on yeah. the road, eyes on the road. You know, don't. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, that's most important. Um, yeah, so fair play to you for helping that guy out in that thread when I tagged you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was like that was really cool, and I I, I loved reading what you wrote, and also he kind of came around to it. Just you know, I think we might have saved him from going off building something. You know, yeah. he might he might end up building something yeah. at some point, but you know. I just think, like I mentioned a few things and he, he was going off anyway. And I was like, go and listen to that call. Please go and listen to that call. And just, you know, even between us two in our original call, we didn't come to a conclusion. You were going to attack it. You would attack a two-sided market one way, I would attack it another way. But just yeah. gave him options and ways to think about things. And I think that was that was good. And I, then, I, I think I think the, the, the biggest concern, not really concern, but the thing I noticed a lot with a lot of new users on the forum is it tends to be people read Millionaire Fastlane and they get drawn into the story of how MJ did it and they just become enamored with the idea of a directory business with you know lead generation and it's they somehow get stuck on that and so it's the first thing they jump to and to be honest it's one of the first things that I jumped to when I showed up in the forum and so not that lead generation is a bad thing but I tend I feel like it's one of the first things people think of when they start scanning for ideas right that's interesting because I think a lot of people go to e-commerce um, yeah yeah I think there's I probably mean, more people popular one too. yeah I think probably more people go to e-commerce like selling stuff on Amazon um, sure. I have a theory on that I think that people who are in forums are online kind of people they're good on computers and whatnot really? and so like you know selling e-commerce online you know, making money, moving electrons about, effectively. That's what they think it is. So that's why it appeals. Whereas lead gen, talking to business owners, signing them up, pit cold calling, pitching, that kind of thing. I think that probably puts a lot of people off. And also that could be why when people come along, they go, right, I'm going to build this thing. It's going to build this directory with all these features and this and that and whatnot. And um, uh, I kind of, if I see stuff like that, it's like, uh, have you actually spoke to anyone yet? <laughs> you know, can you actually go and yeah. speak? To, go and speak to that, a blacksmith. That really, yes, and that that really is the the big problem. Is a lot of people, like you said, that that hang out on forums tend to be more internet minded, and so a big thing you need to succeed in a lead generation type business is you do need to talk to the people in person on the ground and actually discover what they need. I think people think that they, subconsciously, I think they do this. They, they want to circumvent that because they say, well, I'm building an online platform. Why do I need to go talk to people in real life? Yeah. And that was a mistake that I made, to be completely honest. So. Yeah, okay. So you, you were building uh, a marketplace. I don't know whether, I don't know whether yeah. you even thought of it as a directory or something, but... Or was, or was it an app? I don't it, know what... it was. It was. A, it was a directory. Yeah. So it was a directory package and an app that we tried to put in a pretty package of a, um, I guess, a business software suite for barbers. I mean, it, it it 
went through several iterations of what we were calling it and what we wanted it to be. Yeah. Um, long story short, and I'm sure you've seen, like, it's dead, it's buried, it's gone, it's never coming back. Oh, is um, it never coming back? Right. It's never coming back. I mean, my, my former business partner is holding out hopes, but I'll never work with him again, and that's a whole other story we can touch on later. Yeah. Um, but what it, what it came down to, and which I've tried to, to educate as many people on as possible, was, you know, you, you've said it a thousand times, is, you know, spend your money on diesel and coffee. And you, you pointed out an article about it, and I've recently read more and discovered more about it, but kind of Airbnb, how they did it and how they started off to doing things that don't scale. Yeah. And for me, the, the problem was, is I had an idea. I was looking at it from the customer point of view. And so you, you said like, you know, building a two-sided marketplace, you know, how you can either focus on one side or the other side. I think you used a nightclub analogy of you can fill the nightclub with people that buy booze or you can fill the nightclub with booze to attract people. Um, and so for us, I only saw it from the point of view of what I would want as a customer. But I decided I was going to focus on getting the businesses signed up first. Yeah. And the, the big problem that I had there was I never really talked to the businesses to find out what they even wanted and if they would even use a system like this. It was based, everything was based on assumptions and there really wasn't any market validation. Um, the market validation was there from the customer point of view. Everyone was excited about it. But the problem is, is you can get customers excited about it, but if you don't have the business on the other end, you don't really have anything. Hold on. So when you say customer, you mean the actual consumer? The actual consumer, the user. Okay. Yeah. So, you, so the people who needed their haircut. Right. So people who needed their haircut, they were excited about whatever your, your they offer was. That was a great idea. Yeah. Exactly. But, but having, when I slowly started reaching out to barbers, so I took your advice because you said you just need to reach out to your email list and ask them, what can I do to help you market? What can I do to help you grow your business? And of my email list, I, I want to say I had like 500 people on my email list. I got one response right. to the um, request to help. And that never really even went anywhere. So it, what it what it came down to is barbers, at least in the U.S., are things I discovered after the fact. Barbers are notoriously cheap to pay. A lot of them don't want to pay for services because, according to because the way they look at it, the system isn't broken. Why do I need to pay money to fix it? Yeah. Um, they. They, a lot of them still like to go old school. They want to have their appointment book, write things down on paper. If they're going to use their phone, it's simply like a text message of, you know, getting a text from the client to cut their hair. And that's it. So, sorry, you know, a bit of uh, weather. Um, yes, so that's what it came down to was that we found that a lot of the barbers just didn't see a need in advertising and to them it wasn't the responsibility of an individual barber to advertise it was the responsibility of the barber shop to advertise right and so that was a big disconnect too so asking the barbers individually to pay wasn't really something that would have gone over very well 
because to them it was, well, I work in the shop. The shop should be doing the advertising, not me. Right, blimey. Even though it's still at the end of the day. Okay, so quite a, quite a, quite a mess, really. <laughs> um, Again, all things that I would have discovered early on if I had simply just asked people and talked to them. Right. So just out of interest. So that's how, my big question there, Talia. Out of interest, where did the idea come from then? So the idea uh, came from two sparks. One of them was directly from MJ's book that he said, find a fragmented business and bring it together. And I started thinking of fragmented businesses. And then it also came from, you know, my previous experience in the military. Every week you had to have a fresh haircut. And the frustration of being able to find a reliable barber is something that everyone in the military has. Everyone in the military, has, they need to find a haircut every week, and they can't find a good barber. And so those two things popped up my head immediately and said, wow, you know, I can search for barber shops on Google or Yelp. I can find out if the shop itself is good. The minute I walk into the barber shop and there's eight guys standing there, all of which are busy, I have no idea who's good, who's available, and you know, who I should actually see. And so that's where the idea came from was being able to find your individual barber. And a lot of other industries have this where you can take a service, like your phone provides service for you, you can find that person. But barber shops never really had that. And so that's really where the idea came from was just a frustration and need that me and many of my other fellow Marines had. Right. Which, which is a, Simply just which is a nice, barbers. it's a good way to start, I think. You know, something that's a frustrating yeah. you to scratch I mean, the, the, the need was there. Yeah, the need definitely was there. It's just the way we went about it uh, was, was fairly poorly executed. So if, if now that you've done it and you, you know more, if you were to approach it again, what would you do differently? I think the first thing I would do is just go into barbershops and talk to them. Yeah. And just say, hey, um, find, find a kind of scout out shops and find days that were particularly slow. Kind of, you know, pop by, look in the window. If you see that there's, you know, four barbers sitting in their own chairs playing on their phones, perfect time to walk in and say, hey, how many cuts have you guys done today? You know, how do you think you can get more clients in the door? and approach it that way of how we can help them individually to bring people in and do it on a day that it's slow so that it's right in their mind. If you walk in on a Friday afternoon or Saturday and there's, you know, a two-hour wait, they're not going to care. But on a Tuesday afternoon when they haven't seen a client in two hours, you know, that's a good time to talk to them about their needs. Yeah. Actually, that's very clever. <laughs> you can actually walk past the window, look in, see they're not busy, and then yeah. go in knowing that they're they're not busy and they've got, they've got time to talk to you. Um, wow. I mean, it's amazing. Yeah, I, like, recently I was in my barber's getting my hair cut and the guy sat next to me. There was a couple of guys waiting. He was telling me... Actually, the two other guys were talking about vans. <laughs> they just have to talk about vans and one was a delivery driver and, and before I knew it, he was asking me what I did. I was like, oh, well, I help people do... Da, da, da. And then I was actually getting my hair cut and he said, so would that work for me? Those little lads... Google. I said, um, I don't know, get your phone out and Google for, you know, delivery from here to here or courier or whatever. 
Um, and I said, what would you search for? And th- my barber got involved. He was like, oh, I'd search for this. I'd search for <laughs> whatever. And then the guy was on the phone. I thought it was so funny. You know, because like, they're kind of a captive audience. And if you actually went yeah. in and were getting your hair cut, uh, a barber's chatting to you. They're all very chatty, you know? Yeah. So you could be just, you could ask them, so how's business going? That's my favorite. Just ask somebody, how's business yeah. going? Like, obviously, it's going to, you've, you know, you've, you don't just pop in to somebody, hey, how's business going? But once you ch- chat to somebody, all right, how's business going? Yeah. It's actually, nobody asks them and nobody really cares to listen, you know. But actually, I think that's really clever that you'll go in. And I think and what I would have done too is maybe find different, go get a different barber every single haircut because the guy I typically go to, yeah. he's a great barber, but he's 19 years old and he thinks he's going to be the next uh, hit rap artist. Yeah. So most of the time he's either listening to music or he's rapping. Yeah. <laughs> so not a good conversationalist, but he does do a good job. But I think, like you said, you have a captive audience for like the half hour to an hour he's cutting your hair. Talk to him. Yeah. And that's what I would have done too, is potentially just go to a new shop every week. Yeah. Get a haircut and Very walk, sitting there. Yeah. Just be a customer. Let us, uh, I, you know, I think it's great sometimes. You just become somebody's customer and that's a good way to talk to them so oh, yeah. you know I, I recently our um our sofa one of the springs had gone i had no idea whether it could be fixed or not but i remember a van had gone past me on the motorway and the, on the side of the van it said we fix furniture dot ie ie is like the irish um yeah you know domain extension thing and so i, I just went straight to that so that's a really good example of a very good domain name and rang him he came around and he was fixing it and i was like oh right excellent i didn't know it could be fixed uh, that's brilliant and he was just saying oh yeah it's simple it's this and that and the next thing but you could screw it up if you did blah 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 i was like oh right excellent i said oh by the way i love the name on your van I, I i remember you coming past me on the motorway and that's why i rang so i'm giving him a bit of value there where he's like oh yeah no great yeah. we're chatting away and i said so anyway does that, how does that work does that give you a lot of business he goes yeah it works great blah 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 i said and how is business going and that's it they, he then stopped, stood up, you know, put all his tools down. And we were chatting for a while, you know. Any tradesperson comes around my house, <laughs> it's kind of game on, <laughs> you know. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but they're, 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 I'm a customer of theirs as well. Like, so I'm paying yeah. them money, so I'm having a little chat. Now, I'll chat to this guy, why not? But then I'm, I'm asking them about how their business is going in a non-creepy kind of, I've got something to sell you sort of way. Yeah, and I feel like if you're a customer of them, their guard's down too. Yeah, you've just you're about to give them money, or you've just given them money, and you know you're passing a bit of time with them. And why not? And that's and that's one thing. It kind of uh, there's some advice that I heard recently on a podcast about um, finding mentorship opportunities. Mm. And I can't remember who it was, which podcast I was listening to, but his strategy is he essentially finds someone that he wants to learn from, finds out if they have a coaching program, like a paid coaching program, or a paid mastermind and joins that and once he becomes part of that he you know gives them value and then essentially tries to befriend them to get access outside of the paid program it doesn't even have to to try to befriend them (laughs) you know yeah it's gonna happen isn't it well yeah and it's the thing is basically he said you know all these guys that i consider good friends and mentors they don't charge me for anything anymore but it all started off as you know a paying customer and so, you know, they let their guard down and let you in because, I mean, take 
instance, say MJ, for example, say if he truly did offer, you know, mentorship uh, or, or, I guess, paid coaching, everyone's going to hit him up every single day on the forum for mentorship. He's going to turn down. But if someone gets an hour of time once a month for a coaching program, the guard's down and they can at least get a better chance at yeah. talking to him. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's dead simple, really. Like people try and do all sorts of weird things to to get to speak to people. It's like I don't know. Um, let me think. Say I wanted to build some funnels to sell my AdWords course or whatever. The guy that pops into mind would be Russell Brunson. He's Mister Yes Sales oh, Funnel, Click Funnels, and what is it? He's got a coaching yeah. program or a, or a whatever. Mm-hmm. Just get on that, and then you're chatting to him. Holy smoke! And then you know me doing what I do, he might go whoa, hold on, that's really handy. <laughs> I know a load of people in the coaching program might need your skills. There you go. So you pay yeah. to play. kind of. Exactly. That's one thing. It, um, it is one of those investing in yourself kind of opportunities. Yeah. yeah. It's something that you mentioned, actually, that you spotted a need, but nobody wanted it. And I've, so in my head, I don't sell to people's needs. Because, right, okay, so I for people who maybe don't know. I, I run ads on Google for people searching for something. So I can't sell to somebody's need. Like I might need to go down the gym and work on my back because of weakness in my back. Like I need that, but I don't want to do it enough to go down and do it, you know? But when I want to enough and I'm searching online, then, you know, I'm a buyer. So I think you sell to people's wants. Like they, they might have a need. They might not even know they need something, but they might, and then they might need, need something and know it, but they don't want it enough to do anything about it. And then they want it, but still not enough to do anything about it. And then they want it, and they're actually looking for it, and they're out there looking. And that, for me, what I do is I get people who actually they want it enough to actually go online and search for something. And in fact, you know what? They might not even need it. Like I don't need a five series BMW. I'm quite happy with my little Toyota Corolla, you know, but somebody could sell me on that want of like oh they're really nice do you know so I think actually personally I, I, I think we sell to people's wants and desires rather than what they actually need so you might say these guys need XYZ to be done but they're like oh no that sounds like a pain and you can't physically sell them on this app or whatever if, if they don't want it they don't want it yeah exactly yeah it's, it's um I saw a comment on the forum yesterday made me think about something. It was, I can't, remember, I can't remember the thread, but someone said, oh, well, I don't think there's a lot of actual need in this industry. And it made me think about the word need that we use a lot of, you know, find a need, provide value. Almost the mantra yeah. on the forum. If you really think about it, the, the word need is, is kind of, I think, misconstrued on the forum because realistically, the only need you, you need are water, shelter, and food. So a lot of things that we consider needs technically aren't needs. They are wants. But I think it's, when you look at it, I like the term white space of you're finding a gap in the market that needs to be filled. And so I like that term a lot more because necessarily, you know, what you're doing may not be considered a true need, but there's certainly a white space for it because this thing doesn't exist and it will help people. So that's that's kind of the way that I look at it. Yeah, too. I think so. 
was it about somebody saying people don't need a lot of people don't need a fancy website or a, a website overhaul and well there was certainly something like that recently and my I think I might have replied to that saying yeah they might not need it in the sense that there's not loads of visitors to that site it's not going to convert loads of people into new clients for that business but the CEO might be just so embarrassed by their current website they just want it overhauled and he's set aside a budget right three four or five grand just get it done I'm I want it to look good um, because my rival up the road they've got a really nice website so I want mine to look nice that's it you know so yeah there's that and it's like even my accountant uh, we overhauled her website recently and she was delighted you know it didn't it didn't cost a lot anyway but she was just delighted because she felt wow I've got a, I've got a nice website this is great like so she I I have this vision in my head of her being embarrassed to give out her business card in case people check out her website or if she mails somebody and they check out her website she's a bit embarrassed by it. whereas now she's got a, a a website she's proud of and she can now go and do her thing of like sending emails to people and you know giving out business cards and not worry so yeah it might not be that they're driving adwords traffic to it or seo or whatever and loads of visitors but that person feels a lot better and they've set aside a budget and they actually want to spend money on it and you're you know to say no no no, i don't want your money because i don't think you really need a website like no i want to give my money to someone you know so yeah it's interesting um you're saying you go for the white space what I like looking at is like so marketplaces I'm quite interested in those because I can generate leads for people looking for local service businesses so that's the consumer looking for the local service business and then if I can get a local service business signed up who and I, I keep sending consumers to them then that those consumers that go to the local service business they're passing money to the local service business and he can then pay me that's how I look at it so I'm very interested in those and I think I mentioned to you that the people who are paying you in a way are the, are the consumers because initially the local service business might be paying you out of their pocket but they can't keep doing that for very long if you know you're not generating leads for them and that turn into sales like that, sorry, that's, exactly so. that's what I actually do yeah. right you know if you've got an app that helps them get credit card payments or something other you know then maybe they they figure that the reduction in pain in the ass <laughs> procedures and process they got is worth the money that's one thing but what I do is I try and generate more sales and revenue for a business and then I figure they will then pass some of that to me and if I can't do that then they can't pass it to me and then it kind of you know they're going to have to cut the contract so I've got an idea that if you can get the consumers and get a steady stream of them, then that makes you very valuable to the the services, the local service businesses, and that would be a great way to sign them up. So rather than go and build a, a, a directory and then sign up all these businesses to the directory and then go and get pe- you know, consumers to the website and generate leads that way, that to me seems kind of backwards. I think getting the getting the consumers involved seeing if you can get leads as quick as possible that's something you've got to t- you've got to find out really really soon whether you can get people looking for barbers or people looking for blacksmiths or whatever um, 
But saying that, the way I have done stuff to date is I sign up a local service business first and then go and generate leads for them. So I don't want to throw somebody off, like, you know, um, making them think they need to go off and get generate leads first and then use the leads to it to go and sign up a business because I'm doing it the other way at the moment. I think I would go the other way eventually. But, and for me, the way I do that is I, I decent coffee. <laughs> I just chat to people um, at the drop of a hat. Someone, someone will ring me or send me a, a message. Andy, I've heard you do that AdWords stuff. Can you have a chat? Okay. I'd, I'll say yes all the time. And for the last seven years, I was meeting people in Dublin. They would meet me. They would say, oh, look, can we meet you for, for lunch? We'll buy you lunch and just have a chat. I'm like, great. So I'll get a nice lunch out of it. And I get to chat to these guys who are interested in it. And maybe they turn into a client. Maybe they don't. But they wander off. They maybe do their thing, have a go themselves. But that's one more business out there who knows what I do. And that's one more conversation, one-hour conversation I've had with a business owner. And we talk about mentoring. Like, for me... Like because I'm in a B, the B2B space, I deal with business owners all the time. So like that's up-leveled me tremendously. Of course it has. You know, when I started off as a contractor and a freelancer and a technician, and now I'm having to deal with like business owners and talk. You know, that's probably the best way um, to get mentorship is like find some business owner and generate loads of leads for them and become his next best friend. I definitely. I think the big differentiation between between you and people who are building, I think you don't necessarily build the thing when you start with the business first versus the consumer. And so I think that's the big differentiation for you is a lot of people, they like me included, they were starting on the wrong end of the spectrum, but also wanted to build this elaborate system first. Yeah. The system has no value if you have no one to use it. Yeah. Um, and and, and I, I want to bring up the um, the Airbnb example again because there there's a it's, just, it's a great story. I mean, you look at Airbnb. I, I can't remember what their their valuation is. I think forty billion, if I remember correctly. Million with the B. I mean, that you take a company that's, that's this incredibly valuable, and they started off literally doing things that were not scalable whatsoever. Um, and I know, I know you know, know the, uh, the story, but for anyone who's going to listen to this eventually who doesn't know the story, so basically Airbnb, when they started off, they put this crazy idea out there of you can rent someone's couch or someone's living room or bedroom. People weren't really biting onto it because it's a weird thing. And they discovered that a lot of the people didn't really represent their homes or couch or whatever in a, the best way. So they went on a tour and essentially visited every single one of their early customers paid to stay in their Airbnb and also took for, for, uh, professional photography of each of their customers' homes so that they looked amazing. So in the very beginning, they couldn't afford... They, they could afford to do this one-on-one with each customer, they also couldn't afford not to because if they hadn't done it, Airbnb wouldn't be where they are today. And so by 
interacting directly with their customers, they were able to grow the business. But one of the cool things that happened too is they also sat down to every single one and said, well, what would you like to see in the business? What would you like to see change? What do you like? What don't you like? They got suggestions like, we want to know who's staying in our house. Can you verify the guests? Can you have them create a profile? One of the clients they stayed with actually had a three-ring notebook filled with notes that he had taken on his interactions with guests and essentially laid down their five-year roadmap for them right then and there. And these are things you aren't going to get unless you're talking to your customers. Absolutely. And that's that's one thing that I, I absolutely took at heart with the new business I'm starting now. is I wasn't even going to get into this unless I could validate that my assumptions are correct. But I also wanted to talk to the people and find out, you know, what do you actually want? But not, 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 not like what I think you want, but tell me what you actually want. Um, and, and that's a lesson I think everyone either learns early or learns the hard way. Yeah. And honestly, it's, I think I've learned it, but it's so hard to keep remembering because you get an idea of what something Oh, I think the, I think it's this based on what they've told me, and then you start doing it, and it's so easy to get to stay in a kind of echo chamber of your own head. Yeah. Yeah. And I, there's there's I don't know where I picked it up. Somebody mentioned a phrase, high friction. At the beginning, it's high friction. You talk to people. You go and meet them for a coffee for an hour. You go and stay at theirs for the weekend. Go out with them. You know, at their their Airbnb place. Um, and I, I like it. I liken it to like. So I'm at that stage with my business. I'm talking to clients like today, like an hour call with a client, and constantly, constantly, constantly. And I'm I'm not kind of at the scaling stage, and I'm I'm happy not to be at the scaling stage. If I was doing what I'm doing now with like a hundred clients, I'd be I would I just I actually wouldn't be able to do it, you know. So but while I only have whatever I don't know. 10, 15 clients, I can do that. I can chat to them once a month, once a week, have lots of email conversations and really get to understand what's going on. And also, that's the other thing is I'm doing is I'm having lots of smaller clients. Some people, I'm, an, I'm like a little agency and the advice given to agencies is, uh, or freelancers is go up market, you know, instead of 500 a month, you should be able to find clients at 1500 a month or five grand a month. And I'm like, no, 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 I want to stay at 500 and have loads of them. 250 or even have loads because I want that volume coming through and I want to talk to each of them and I really want to I want the high friction I call it it's like hand-to-hand combat with the marketplace that's what I'm doing you know and even like I've got I've got um, a course like my AdWords course I've, I've only released it into the forum I've not advertised it anywhere else outside of the forum and people they I get a little email notification when they sign up like as a free, uh, is it like a free? They can sign up for free and look at loads of free course, uh, free lessons, and then they may decide to then pay for it. And as soon as they sign up for free, I get a little alert through, and I could set it up with an automated response and an automated this and all that kind of automated email stuff, but I don't. I deliberately haven't. Every time these emails come through, I read it and I reply. And if if the email is like John at you know xyzcompany.com I go and have a look at the website and have a look at and then I'll mention it in the email I'll say oh hi John like how's the xyz business going and blah 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 and I try and make it look 
A, look like a real email, but also I, I'm trying to engage in conversation with, with them. And I can do that because I'm only getting, like, I don't know, three, four free sign-ups a week. You know, but I, like everybody's... It's funny, like, so I'm using something called Thinkific, and there's a Facebook group for Thinkific, and everyone's talking about how to set up their autoresponder series of emails that all go out, blah, 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 to help get the, the freebie people, the, the sign-ups, and convert them into paid people. And I'm like, no, I'm not doing that. I'm just going hand-to-hand. <laughs> um, and I think it's really weird that everybody's trying to automate things before they've actually built it, you know? They're trying to automate stuff yeah. when they haven't done it manually, le- manually yet. I think it all depends on why they created the course. I think there's um, a lot of the, the gurus out there right now are teaching people to make courses in webinars and to do coaching and all these different things. Because I think people that are of that mentality who are making the course while chasing money, other responders are up their alley because they want to do as much work possible. But for for you, the way you do things, I mean, obviously you're in it to help people out. That's not really why you're there making a course. Yeah. So that that may be it. I mean, I don't want to call anyone out, but I think there may be a different mentality of why they're making a course. Yeah. There's also there's this danger, I think, of like you listen to all these podcasts and whatnot they're just somebody's out somebody else's blueprint i always got if i was got to remember that somebody yeah. else's blueprint what worked for somebody else may or may not work for you but it may or may not be the best method for you anyway for what you're doing so yeah. take everything with a pinch of salt it's really hard not to though isn't it mm-hmm. you know you've, you've got to build your list i haven't got an email list uh, i've probably got I don't know. There's people following me in the forum, I guess. <laughs> there's people <laughs> following me on Facebook, maybe, and whatnot. But my, actually, hold on. I do have an email list of actual clients. <laughs> my genuine Gmail contacts. That's, well, that's, that's a good list to have, though. I think I think my list right now has one person on it. You know, right. It's really accidental, but uh, I'm not at that stage yet. So right. I'm actually, not, I'm that is, that's what they really mean. I have a list of of customers and people to deal with and blah yeah. but it's not in Aweber or MailChimp or something or other like that exactly yeah yeah okay, I mean, so I'd rather have a list where you have 100% open rate versus a list where you measure your open rates in like the 5 to 10% range yeah yeah sorry that, I'm not knocking that's that that's not a fun game when you put the out yeah maybe that's that's, that's oh. something I'd go to later on maybe if I don't know if I try and sell my course outside the forum and at scale and whatnot, but I'm kind of not doing that. I, I, I created the course because people kept asking me for it. I thought, oh, I'm doing people a bit of a disservice, sending them to, here's 36 threads you can read. <laughs> It'll take you 18 hours. Yeah. It's like, okay, look, if you want to circumvent that, I've got a course, it's like one hour, bam, but you pay for it. So I'm done, and it's out of the way, and sales keep trickling in. It's quite interesting. It's, it's, that's my first uh, taste of what I'd say kind of passive income I suppose isn't that passive as in like somebody will sign up free I'll communicate with them and then they, that might convince them to actually buy it but what I mean is once they bought it I don't actually do anything after like once someone signs up as a yeah. client of mine I've got to then go build campaigns I've got work to do but it's like oh it's done <laughs> they paid and there's yeah. a course it's already, I, I, 
did the course like and, and you, you, you did the work a year ago and yeah people still back yeah. yeah 25 weeks ago and you know that's amazing that is amazing um yeah. saying that i do have clients that pay every month <laughs> so that that's that's amazing as well i mustn't mustn't forget about that so if you had a buddy who had an idea this is the classic these are like red flags for me i've got an idea for an app or sure. i've got an idea for a directory um oh. <laughs> you've already, you've <laughs> what does I mean, that mean a to you reaction here. What, um, what does it mean to you when somebody says that to you i've got an idea for a directory idea for a directory um i i, I want to find out you know anyway what the idea is first and then make sure you know and find out what it's based on what what evidence they have around why this is a good idea. Um, the same thing goes with an app too. Everyone has an idea for an app. An app is, is an even even more uh, visceral reaction on my part because having explored the idea of doing app development for my last project and knowing what app development costs from a reliable developer, the minute I hear I have an idea for an app, my first question to them is, do you know how much it costs to hire an app developer? Most people don't. Um, and, for example, one of the quotes I was given just to develop the Android-only app, not Android and iOS, only Android, the uh, quote was $25,000. Whoa, Jesus. Yes. And that was one of the lower quotes I was given from a U.S.-based app developer. I mean, I could have gone to India and probably gotten it coded for $1,000, but it's one of those when you when you outsource to you know third world countries, you don't really know what you're going to get, and is it something you can scale down the road? Okay. Um, so I guess that that's that's one thing that I immediately would, would say to people is, hey, do you understand what the cost is associated with this? But even before we get there, like you've already said, is why are we building something? Do we actually know if people want this? And have you talked to the people who would buy this? Not just your friends and family, but actual, real customers. Yeah. Gosh, we get to hear that. Actually, that is the whole, what is it, lean startup movement? You've just reminded me, there is a thread I just saw in the forum about some guy who created an app. Really good, really well written, but it's a good story of him. He had an idea, he did something, he spent a load of money, or didn't make any money <laughs> and ran out of money didn't work then finally did something else found some idea heard, heard somebody say something and went why is there not one for that already found those google searches for the, you know whatever it was and then he yeah i think i know you're talking about yeah and then he it created was. like he said i'm not going to create an app and put it on the app store mm-hmm. i he just created a Probably a landing simple landing page, page. yeah. Run an AdWords campaign, got people to the page, just a quick and dirty page, quick and dirty AdWords campaign. People signed up. I don't, I haven't read the full thread. Uh, they signed up, he got email addresses of people interested in the product, the, the app, and then he took it from there. And he. Yes. Did he, did he mention. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. So, and I, I like that, not because it's AdWords, but. You validated it, yeah. Yeah. He just, instead, don't go off and build it. Yeah. Yeah. 
a lot of people have advocated, you know, the idea of, and it's, this is a subject that I'm, it's a gray area for me, but putting up a landing page with a buy button to see if people actually click it. I don't like that. You know, actually, that's, that's not Yeah, I don't like me. it either. I've, yeah. I've seen that a lot. I mean, you're not actually charging them. And people have asked me about that, and I don't want to do it for multiple reasons. Um, but there, there is, there are ways to validate the actual. Just get them to buying. sign up. Honestly, yeah. Like, yeah. are you interested sure. in such and such? We'll let you know when it's going to be released. Like, I've got a client sure. and ran a campaign a few months ago to a landing page they had it was like sign up for this beta version of this um, online website resource thing app it's not an app and not an app for your phone but it's like something on the web, web app yeah. yeah whatever and um, they got enough signups at a decent like we could sh- I could show him that there was search volume at least on Google like maybe the, another channel would work as well like Facebook and whatnot but I showed him search volume and we were getting a fraction of it. We could see the cost per click and the cost per sign up. And he got enough of them, and there was a steady trickle of them. It was good enough for him to go, excellent, let's turn it off now. We'll come back to you in a couple of months, Andy. And then they went and built a beta version that was actually going to work. They mailed all the people who were on the list and said, hi, we've got the beta version. And then he all came through, and they used those people to actually, you know, they were looking at the, they created like an onboarding tutorial thing and they were watching people going through it and they could realise where people were getting stuck and whatnot and they physically rang them and talked them through stuff and I think which was brilliant then they came back they came back to me and they said right we're ready we've got a landing page we'll get people to sign up it's the free version you know the the usual freemium type thing sign up for this it's still in beta but it's, it's actually working and I started running campaigns and wow, how excited were they? They were getting signups. You know, whoa, we had like 50 signups last week of people. Like, it's still free. There's no revenue being generated, but it's the next step. They built something, and I think they built too much. It's like all singing, all dancing. It's like, holy, whoa, <laughs> you've done so, yeah. so much. But they're off. But they did the races. It, and they have signups. Yeah, they've got signups, and then the next yeah. step is the whatever, and then, you know, and it just made a lot of sense. Um, yeah, uh, I think he mentioned in that thread the lean startup. I think he did, or maybe on reading. Yeah. Okay, the lean startup by uh-huh. Eric Ries. I remember buying yeah. that book, and he mentioned Quick MVP, which is a website where I think you can just it will create a landing page and some dummy campaigns for you, AdWords campaigns. And I think somebody I know signed up for it just to have a look at it and went, "No, pretty rubbish, AdWords campaigns." Like, but we're AdWords professionals, so. You know, but maybe it does the job, and I—I I don't know. There's something about the whole lean startup movement that I kind of don't like. When I hear all the words, they've come up with their own language of pivots and validation and whatnot. <laughs> and it's like yeah, the average I, Joe blog is like. Startup, yeah, I think lean startup is. I mean, that it's really common in in uh, Silicon Valley. Yeah. It's really it works well with software based businesses, I don't think it's applicable across the whole spectrum. I think a lot of people misinterpret, so I actually want to bring that up, because the word pivot, people hear that word pivot, and they say, oh, I just have to be open to changing things. And I think that's 
they kind of misinterpret what a pivot truly is because again if we're in that echo chamber just talking to ourselves and we're not talking to our customers you can change your ideas and in your head well i'm pivoting i'm following the lean startup method look at me i made a change given this great but if your change wasn't sparked by conflict or advice or want from actual customers that pivot pivot was useless yeah and that was the problem we had we pivoted it a lot but not a single one of those pivots came from a customer Right. They came from a wish list that we keep making ourselves. Okay, I'm going to guess what the pivots... Yeah, because I've worked in a tech startup, and that's the first time I heard them talk about pivots. I was like, what are you talking about? And yeah, then I was like... Uh, and then... They, but they were pivoting because something wasn't working, so they'd come up with another idea. To me, that's not pivoting. <laughs> that's, I don't know, a split testing or something. You know, I after, are you, problem, yeah. yeah. It's like the underlying problem, you haven't... You never... You haven't really touched the market. That high friction, the hand-to-hand combat, you haven't got that. Um, actually, that was a really strange experience where they were building something. That was my first red flag when I was in a, one of the, the <laughs> high-level management meetings. And I mentioned something, and I got, I got shot down. Andy, that's a social network convention. I was like, you should, uh, in a, you know, he didn't say, but you should know that. Like, okay, because I was I was just saying, right, how do you do such and such? I was on it last night and I couldn't work out how to do blah. And he's like, you just hover over it and then the options pop up. That's a social network convention. And that's when it, that's when an alarm bell went off in my head. I was like, oh, are we building a social network or are we actually trying to help the people on the, on the platform to get jobs? It's like, because if we're trying to help them to get jobs, then a lot of say plumbers if they end up on the platform they're not going to know the social network conventions are they so to me I think what happened my goodness it's like just from my (laughs) from my view they it was like the management or the you know the company said we're building a social network and then the techies the engineers were like oh okay so they all go rush off because they're really good at learning stuff they're brilliant at it engineers and techies they go and get the manuals right social networks need this 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 and this and this and all the theory of social networks so they go off and build loads of stuff that social network has but actually they weren't building a social network they were trying to get people onto a platform and get them jobs you know and right after a while after a while it became we're not building a social network we're building a directory with a social underlay (laughs) what is that it's like well you know they're in a directory, but you can see if you're connected to them and their friends and blah, blah, blah. It's like, okay, fine. And then eventually it became, no, 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 we're building a search engine for people with skills. And then eventually it was like, we're building like a directory for plumbers or something, <laughs> or tradespeople. Well, yeah, well, and what I'm curious about is, was any of this actually driven by real customer interaction and feedback? They weren't customers. Nobody ever paid. This is the, the problem. Nobody, there was never made any revenue. They had massive amounts of investment. Got, I was... And that's the problem. It's yeah. just, like you said, they're in that echo chamber of they had ideas, but never once was that idea derived from the marketplace. Yeah. Yeah, this is a good idea. This should work. I'm sure there's loads of lessons from there that I, oh, I'm not absolutely. privy to. I'm not smart enough. But for me, <laughs> one, my takeaway was, hold on, you're not... And also, I've worked for other companies. We're building a call center. We're building... a a directory for, for someone else. We're building a 
what is it, a content marketing machine or something, I don't know, whatever, all this stuff that you hear from the, the board tells you stuff, and you go, oh, okay, are we? Whenever I hear we're building something or other, I get a bit worried, unless it's like we're building a business to do such and such, but it's like, I think, because I've pointed you to a thread where I've, I've said, stop building stuff, like, I don't build oh. AdWords campaigns, I don't build landing pages, I don't do SEO, I don't do, the, what I do is I connect people looking for blacksmiths with blacksmiths that's what I do and if there's a better way of doing it than AdWords and landing pages then that's what I should be doing if I've got a blacksmith as a client but if I say well I'm an AdWords dude and I, this is what I do I build these you know, I forget what the benefit is out of building those things then I will miss the boat when things change and it's not long, no longer AdWords that is the best channel for driving leads for blacksmiths and it's something else you know so I that I think we see a lot of that in the forum where people say I'm building a directory and then they go off and like right a directory needs to have and they look at Yelp or Yellow Pages and they go right all these features I need all those features in my directory before I can go live and the problem is that they their goal was to build a directory, not to help barbers get more customers or whatever. Yeah, they need people first. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, uh, I think of I think a really good cautionary tale that I need to dig up this thread um, and, and show people more often is I'm not sure if you remember seeing the thread for this. It was. I remember the, the guy's name on the forum, but he was helping to build a new messaging app called Amity. And it had all this VC funding. It was beautifully made. They had great marketing. And it had projected multi-million dollar valuations. And right when they launched, it was basically trying to be a contender to uh, WhatsApp. Yeah. And when it launched the next week, Apple changed, launched their new iOS and drastically changed the messaging app and basically had all the features that this app has and destroyed over a year of hard work and hundreds of thousands of dollars of investment overnight. Right. And it all came down to is they spent so much time in stealth mode building something they didn't really even know if people were going to use or want or be relevant. <laughs> I've, got so when, so when, I've got so many examples. Yeah. Yes. And, and by that, that for me is the one that hits harder the most because I mean, I having seen this guy's progress thread and, and how much money was put into this much time, it, it, it kills you. So. Right. Yeah. I, I had yeah. recently, a few months ago, somebody came to me, we've built this thing great website e-commerce platform it has like thousands of products on um you know we haven't sourced them yet but we've got all the we've got you know all the products up and blah 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 and we want you to run campaigns for all the products and find out you know can we make sales and all that stuff and i was like excellent so i came up with a proposal sent a price for first couple of months of running and they were like oh that's a bit pricey because we've run out of budget <laughs> Because we spent it all on building, I was like, "Oh, okay, oops." And then, um, 
Yeah, and when I joined that startup, that was should have been a big red flag for me. And I would know now. There was so many. There were so many engineers in that startup, and hardly any marketing people. Maybe three or four. You know, and it was like a team of twenty plus engineers, three or four uh, marketing folk. Engineers are great at building things, but that's as far as they go. I mean, there's there's so many. I mean, I'm sure you've read many of the books too to talk about. It. Like, you have to be able to see the whole picture and work on the business, not just work on the product. Yeah, engineers. Like, I I was an engineer for 15 years, IT dude. And they're excellent. They're smart. And they do great things. But you're actually been you've been trained. You have to work a certain way. You have to like you can't. Yeah. It, they they literally they have to make all the lights green before they go, kind of thing. I can't do a change on a Saturday evening. Take down the systems at nine o'clock and not have tested it like to death on the QA systems to know that it will be back up by twelve o'clock midnight. And if it's not, that I've got to fallback plan and the recovery and blah 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 and I've tested those as well that's me doing a good job but that discipline when applied to being a like running being an entrepreneur or trying to get something off the ground is just not the right way of doing it and you see that a lot and like from a lot of people I chat to they like they attack it as an analyst Right, and I'm going to do all my research. I'm going to like work do all the keyword. Andy, how much how much search volume do you need for this? And what would be cost per click? And how do I model the number of clicks I'm going to get? And what would you think would a uh, would be a click to sign up rate? And what would be a sign up to sale rate? And all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, dude, just run it. By the time you built this elaborate Excel spreadsheet based on assumptions, you could have actually run it and found out for real. Um, so get out of that echo chamber. But like. Uh, goodness that's the way they're trained that's why we we i was trained i have to work that way so that's almost like the big achilles heel it's like a fabulous you know strength for engineers to be able to be that rigorous and have that discipline but it's also an achilles heel sometimes if they can't get you know can't just launch and be be comfortable what is it the guy from linkedin i think it's his phrase he's credited with it maybe of like jumping off a cliff and building the plane on the way down kind of thing yeah yeah. Absolutely. You mentioned something actually, VC funding, that sort of popped into my head. I think it's, what's his name? Altucher? He's into the startups. Is it James Altucher? I remember reading a blog post of his where it's just like a hundred, just wrote down a hundred sentences, like, you know, pieces of advice. And one of them was you can either get funding, no, you can either get money from uh, investors or customers but not both and that resonated with me because when I was in the startup the CEO was off you know in Silicon Valley and off in New York in front of this stock exchange etc blah 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 doing all this stuff to try and get the next round of investment and we weren't making any revenue you know we were just <laughs> spending investors money and I just wondered, like, if we if we spent as much time trying to build something that clients or customers actually paid for, how would have that worked out? Um, and I, me personally, I like to get my clients to pay for the stuff I'm building. So I'm building 
when I say I, me, we, a little, me and a little team of freelancers have been working together for a year or two, like, a couple of years, we're building landing page landing pages for clients because they want them. They need well, they need them, and we've tested they want it and they've paid us. We've built I don't know, 15, 20 of them for different clients, and as we've built them at quite a low price, so they pretty much buy a hand off. You know, we build them. They're running. We've got a load of them done, and now when we upversion them with a new, oh, it'd be great if we do such and such. We've got a load of them to do, and a poor old developer, he's got to like come up with a way so he can backport the change across all of them. But we're building. What's happening for me in my mind? All our clients are paying for us to build our platform, our landing page platform, that is actually being used it's actually driving more revenue for them so they're paying us to build something that's actually working for them that's just i just find that amazing so like in the past i was like oh my goodness how, do, how am i going to earn enough money to pay a developer to build landing pages and all this kind of stuff uh, for things that i wanted to do you know oh, maybe i could generate leads for big people looking for i don't know payday loans or whatever how, how am I going to pay for somebody to build a landing page? I'm going to have to earn X amount to be able to pay for that, blah, blah, blah. Run, run, and then I'm going to have to run the ads myself, pay pay for that to, out of my own pocket and then try and get profitable. Whereas this way, I get a client, you know, a blacksmith, and they pay me to run their AdWords campaigns using their AdWords spend, and then they pay me to build a landing page for them. And it's like, whoa. And um, so I'm, I'm also getting paid to learn that vertical that industry because I'm constantly in contact with the blacksmith finding out what's working what's not oh we had a great lead for this and a great oh that that kind of lead isn't so good I'll dial it in add some negatives or whatever so I'm getting paid at the moment to build all the people processes but people like my team I've been a you know, developer with working together for two years a graphic designer a year so my people processes and technology is getting paid for by clients and I was recently okay maybe a year ago went into the local enterprise office just to find out if there was an incubation center around because i wanted a, a shared office so it wasn't so lonely working at home and i was telling them what i was doing and she's like oh my goodness it's like a high potential startup it's like what's that right and she wandered off came back with like a i don't know a mountain of forms if you fill this in you might get funding and grants and whatnot and i was like right deadly <laughs> thank you very much and i walked out and i just binned them all because for me to even read all that stuff would have taken me all week and I wouldn't have been able to get more clients signed up. So anyway, long, yeah. long-winded way of saying me personally, and maybe it's a Achilles heel of mine, but maybe at this, maybe it's correct at the stage I'm at. I don't. I just think it'd be dumb for me to get investment. So we go. Oh, that's a great yeah, idea. It, you you look at a lot of the uh, high-profile startups and companies that have done several rounds of funding. And even even the success stories, which everyone does it because they want to invest in the next Uber, or the next Netflix, or the next Amazon. But you look at all these big, high-profile, big names. How many years before they were actually profitable? I mean, Facebook didn't turn a profit until what two or three years ago. Amazon only became profitable when they launched Amazon Web Service. Amazon's never been profitable off of actual Amazon selling e-commerce, and so. Like you said, they're they're burning through their investors' money without actually making their own money. And I think 
that that that's such a bad a bad precedent in your company. And so for me, because right now, um, if you weren't aware, and for anyone who's listening, my my current venture is in um, the food business. So consumer packaged goods it's notorious for seeking VC funding. And every source I listen to on podcasts or article I read says, oh well, you need at least a hundred thousand, at least five hundred thousand, at least this seed round in order to penetrate the market and get out there and this and this and this. But I think the problem is is it gives you this this crutch that you never quite get off of. You start your life with a broken leg and you get a crutch and then you're lame for the rest of your business's lifespan because you're you start life conditioned to having this fat purse that you can just throw money at. Yeah. You have this money cannon of, oh, I need a so AdWords, for example, I need to learn AdWords to advertise X, Y, Z. Well, I don't need to learn it and be efficient at it because I can just throw money at it. I have a $10,000 budget. I'll just keep throwing money at it and be decently okay. But if I only have a $1,000 budget and I need to be really careful because it's the last $1,000 I have, it's my own personal money. I'm going to be a lot more efficient and a lot more attentive to making sure my money is well spent. You're going to be a lot There's, more scrappy. <laughs> exactly. I mean, we talk about the the bootstrapping and the scrappiness, and it's it's the the age old analogy of the toothpaste tube. When you have a full paste tube, to a toothpaste, oh man, you put you squeeze that sucker and put you know a whole bunch of uh, toothpaste on your toothbrush in the morning. But when you only have a little bit and you start rolling it up from the bottom, somehow that little bit of toothpaste is going to last you two weeks. And you're getting every single angle, you're, you're, you're leaning on it, you're pressing on it to get that little bit of toothpaste out there. But when you have limited resources, you find ways to stretch them. Yeah. And so that's where I'm at with my businesses. I don't even want to consider taking files of money because if my money's on the line, I'm going to be a lot more efficient at making sure it's well spent and well used. Yeah, absolutely. I don't want to have a crutch. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just like the fact that clients are paying me to help them. Like they get like great ROI. And, well, not all of them, but the ones that stay, the ones that doesn't work, they, you know, part company, company amicably, but they're paying me to build build my thing. And, it's amazing, yeah. Yeah. I can't I, get better than that. I, I, yeah, I can't get over it. There's people saying, right, I'm going to... A classic in the forum is like, how do I learn, I don't know, AdWords, how do I learn Facebook advertising or whatever it's like. And then other people are like, um, go spend your money on it. Don't do a course. Just go do it and like run some campaigns. For me, I'd be like, right, go sign up a client. Right, so I even got into this by my electrician friend. 2009, needed more work. I'd never heard of AdWords and voucher fell out of a book. Boom. Started. And I said, right, you pay the spend. I'll do it for free. And that was it. So I learned. He, like, with his spend. How amazing. Yeah. And then and then now what's happening is I learn with, and I get paid. <laughs> I learn with someone else's spend, spend and I get paid. But you can tell I'm still amazed. I have to pinch myself. It's amazing. Um, and a lot of people in the forum, I suppose, or they, they don't want to be a freelancer or an agency or something, but, you know, because they don't want to be exchanging, you know, what is it, time for money. 
is so obviously time for money but you're getting paid to learn a vertical paid to learn a skill set and you're rubbing shoulders with business owners in that vertical every week or every day or whatever it's like it doesn't get any better than that it's amazing um and then yes like for me it's just a stepping stone that i'll you know i'll have this landing page thingy maybe it will be a self-serve platform like a little lead pages or something or unbounce or maybe it won't maybe it'll be a productized service where it's all you know because those ones are self-service and i've used them and i don't like them and i'm an it guy i'm like oh i can't make this look pretty this and then a lot of the businesses that i deal with they want the done for you service anyway they don't want to use an unbounce they'll hire a guy who'll run out unbounce for them or something so yeah okay so if you had a buddy and they had an idea for a directory what and you took them out for a pint to chat to them what would you be what advice would you be giving them uh i'm beyond the 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 obvious and the first thing i said to talk to customers but yeah. uh I'm trying to think of what else i'd, I'd advise is Wait for the directory to become. Wait, wait for the directory to develop either organically, yeah. or wait to build it when you absolutely need it. It goes back to the stop building stuff. Don't don't build a directory because you think you need to. Build it when it becomes too painful to operate without it. Gotcha. I think that's very that, good. I think that I think where I go with it is kind of a way to, to pump the brakes on actually building first yeah. rather than getting the Okay, so what you're saying is solve the problems you actually have, not problems you haven't got yet. In exactly. a way. In a way, yeah. For me like overthinking is solving is the art of solving problems you don't have. <laughs> That's what I overthink. Well, I, I guess like I could clear the directory part of scaling. So you don't want to scale too early. You don't want to scale before you have the need to scale. Yeah. You also want to scale appropriately to grow into it, but you don't want to scale so fast that what you've built outpaces what you're doing. And so I would approach building a directory in a scale sense to do as much as you possibly can by yourself with your own resources until you need to have a directory to provide those services for you. Yeah. Okay. Actually, you know what? I've got a plumber in Ireland. I own the landing page. It's on my domain. And, you know, so it's xyz.ie slash Dublin Plumbing. And all it is is a landing page, right? That landing page would be on his website, but, you know, whatever we agreed, I'll I'll just shove it up on mine. That's the start of a directory. I don't even call it a directory because I've only got one, one page on it. But it works for him and generates leads for him. So I don't know. Is that directory? No, <laughs> but it's working. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then okay. So and then what lessons or what are you doing different? Like you're not building a directory if you're going to. I presume if you're going into the food industry. No, not at all. Right. Okay. <laughs> um, um, what are you doing? What lessons have you taken with you and are doing differently? Or you, you know, you're really conscious of. Yeah, uh, so for, I think the first, the biggest lesson I learned was find out exactly. Right, hey, find find a real need. Um, 
I think that's one thing that, that I feel people should really focus on is find that need, find that white space. I, I remember giving advice to someone a few months ago. I think he was uh, a chiropractor was looking to get out of chiropractic or do something fast lane. And the advice I gave him was just go throughout your whole week and write down every observation you can and look for every single moment where either you're frustrated or things difficult. But the biggest thing is you want to pull out of a situation that simple phrase of someone should do this better or why is it someone doing this? And that that literally was the aha moment for my new business. And it was it was serendipitous. And it's something we tell everyone to look for and we may not have it in those exact words. I was lucky enough to have it in that exact wording of, wow, why isn't someone doing this? And then the light bulb just went off. Right. Um, but I think my biggest takeaway is you have to truly find that moment where it's, why isn't someone doing this? Or how could this be done better? Or why is this so frustrating? Because if you have that, you, you really do have the concept. And then the next part is once you've got that, that's, part of the recipe, you need the rest of the recipe. The, the other part of that is you need to find out if people genuinely want this, if people need this. And that's one thing that I definitely learned. And the first thing I did is the day after. So the chain of events was I had this conversation and it was, wow, why isn't anyone doing this? And the person responded, I don't know. I said, well, if someone did this, it would be huge, wouldn't it? She goes, yeah. It would, it would be huge. I would tell everyone about it. And then I sat there for a moment and I went, oh, okay. Light bulb moment. Next day I spent researching, joining some, uh, like I have forums and, and social groups and Facebook, Facebook groups, by the way. I love that Facebook groups have taken off as much as it has because, man, if there's a niche for something, Facebook's got a group for it. Yeah. And they're going to talk about it. And if you can get into these Facebook groups, they're great sources of research and feedback, even customers. Yeah. So I joined all these groups and I talked to one of the admins and said, hey, I have an idea. I made a survey, went to SurveyMonkey, made a free survey. Do you mind if I post it on the group? Sure. Within an hour, I had maxed out the 100 free responses. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, I, I think I finished, I think in the first day I was somewhere over 200 responses. I didn't feel like paying the money to find out the other 101 set, but just in the 100 responses I got, I got so much valuable feedback from people that I knew I had an idea and I knew I had a market. And the, the, my situation may be unique, but the great thing that I got from that were people were literally telling me in the responses, if you build it, I will buy it. Like, give me, I'll give you all my money. Right. Please, please make it. And so that, that may be a little more rare, but for me it was find that aha moment of where does something need to be made and then make sure people actually genuinely want it and will pay for it. And you have to do your research and you really have to validate it. Yeah. And I, I've gone out there. And the good thing is, and I'm fortunate with this particular thing, is I'm indirectly talking about this 
every single day through my day job. So that's the one benefit I have. I didn't have to, it's not, I didn't have to force myself to get off the couch and go to meet people and talk to people. I was already doing it every single day anyways. Um, but definitely being able to talk to people this time around has made it that much easier to know what to do. Brilliant. That's brilliant. And um, have you made a sale yet? Or how soon can you make a sale? So, it, unfortunately, with making physical products, the uh, prep stage is a lot longer than I am comfortable with. Uh, right now, we have the we have the formula, the recipe done. It is still in the, I guess, I consider it in the research development stage. Uh, I have one more test I have to get done from the uh, FDA over here in America to get yeah. to make sure it's safe to eat. Uh, and once that's done, it'll go into production. So my hope and my estimate is by the first week of September, I should have product rolling off the uh, assembly line. Wow. So at that point, we'll know, we'll, we'll have a true gauge if, if it actually is going to sell. Uh, but from all the feedback and people I've talked to, I'm, I'm fairly confident that I can at least offload this first production run. Yeah, and you've got it's like 100 be, email addresses already. I mean, even yeah, even even beyond that, I mean, one of, just, just one of the groups alone I'm in has 30,000 people in it. Wow. So I, I'm, I'm fairly confident that the first run I have customers for, it's going to be scaling, which is going to be the difficult part for me. So... We'll, we'll see about that when I get there. But. Right. Sounds really promising. Good stuff. Yeah. I'm excited about it. Yeah. That's the good thing is, is I'm, I'm, I'm truly passionate about this because I know that not only am I, not only am I found a, a white space and a need, I know that I'm actually helping people. And that's, that's the good part about this one. I mean, no one really needed a haircut. I mean, people need a haircut, but giving a someone a haircut isn't going to make a big difference in their life. Yeah. So that's, that's the good thing about this particular venture. Brilliant. Well, listen, thanks very much for all of that. Um, on your commute in. <laughs> I think, yeah. I think it's a great call. I'll, I'll, I'll chop bits off the beginning and end and then just shove it straight into the forum. 